The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Then he said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus said, said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Our gospel today tells us a great deal about the person of Peter. Peter is the one, of course, who has been chosen by the Lord to be the head of the apostles, the leader of the church. We see it all in various places, how the Lord was kind of preparing him for this. 
even especially at the Last Supper, where in the midst of so many other prayers, he directs one specific thing to Peter. He says, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. His recognition that the Lord was placing his trust in the person of Peter, and that Peter, although he would waver a bit, hence having to come back, would ultimately be the one to strengthen the church, to strengthen the other apostles and disciples, and to lead them in the way of, of holiness. But the things that Peter is called to do, he struggles to see at first. St. John tells us that this was the third time that our Lord appeared to the disciples. The first two were, of course, the day of the resurrection. And then a week later, when Thomas was with the other apostles and the other disciples who were present for that time. And then this is the third one. We don't know exactly how long after that, uh, that second appearance it is. But it's a recognition that, that the Lord isn't just staying with the disciples for the full 40 days before he ascends into heaven. That, he's, that he kind of comes and goes, and we don't know exactly where he is in the meantime. And so the disciples don't really have a lot of direction. They don't know what to do. They know that Jesus has been raised from the dead, but what do you do with that? How do you respond to that? And there's so many questions. And Peter... The one who is supposed to be the head of the community looks around and says, well, I don't really know where I'm supposed to go. So I'm going to do the one thing that I know that I can do well. I'm going fishing. Interestingly, the, the wording, the, the original wording for the I am going is not like a temporary, I'm going to go fishing and come back in a little bit. It's, an, it's a permanent, like I'm going to go back to doing fishing, an enduring thing. Like Jesus is raised and I don't know what to do from here. I'm just going to go back and do what I did before instead. The disciples follow him. And this shows that Peter was the leader. That whether, whatever he chose, the other disciples said, we'll go with you. Four of the other apostles and two additional disciples and, and, their, and their shadows come and six men follow Peter. Six of the great disciples come and follow Peter to simply go fishing. And we know that this is not God's will for them because they go out and we have Peter who is a professional fisherman. We have James and John who are both professional fishermen. Fishermen, rather. And they go out that night and they catch absolutely nothing. Not a single fish. Have you caught anything to eat, children? The Lord asks no. You can almost sense the, the frustration in their voice. I mean, how many have gone out for a fishing trip and come back with an empty box? No. We have nothing to show for our labors. The Lord encourages them. He says, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And as soon as they do, they pull in a, a great catch of fish. The nets are being stretched. And it's the recognition that as soon as they start to to do the will of God, everything becomes fruitful. When they were following their own way, when doing their own thing, going fishing according to his own will, Peter came up with nothing. But as soon as he turns to the Lord and, and is willing to follow his word, fruits begin to come in great abundance. 
The other disciple, the one whom Jesus loves, John himself, he turns to Peter and he says, It's him. He's back. He's coming to us again. It's the Lord. And Peter does the foolish thing. That says the other disciples were behind him. And it says they they rowed to the boat to the shore because they were only about 100 yards away. That's not that far. It wouldn't take that long to get the boat there. But Peter doesn't have time for that. Peter tucks in his garment and he jumps in the ocean, jumps in the sea, and he swims to the Lord. A sign of his passion that he, there, there's nothing, that he longs to know what it is, Lord, that you desire of me. I know I'm supposed to be a leader, but I have no idea where I'm going. Lord, show me. You can sense the longing in his leap into the sea. And he gets to the Lord, and the other disciples, of course, follow behind him. They said, well, there goes Peter. Let's follow Peter. They didn't just keep on fishing or try to do other things. They go, they follow behind Peter. Always the leader. Peter comes to the shore and meets the Lord. And he knows exactly who he is. The Lord invites Peter. He says, go bring some of the fish that you've caught. And it's interesting wording that John uses here. He doesn't say, Peter went and, and they pulled in the nets. It said, Peter went and pulled in the net. As if it was he by himself who did all the work. There's a recognition that, that he's the one who's leading. He's the one who runs the show, effectively. Leading the disciples to the will of God. So Peter pulls in the net and brings the fish to the Lord. And they sit down by a charcoal fire. You may remember that there is never a detail in Scripture that doesn't have importance for us. That they only had so much paper and so much ink and they weren't going to waste it on frivolous things. It's a charcoal fire. And the last time you ever hear of a charcoal fire in the sacred scriptures is when Peter is standing by it, when Jesus is going through his passion. Peter was standing by a charcoal fire, warming his hands, saying to the people around him, I do not know that man. I don't know him. Three times he rejects the Lord. And the Lord comes to him and invites him to come to sit around a charcoal fire once again with the disciples. And after everything is done, he simply looks at Peter and he says, Simon, Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these other disciples? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Well, Jesus says this, it doesn't mean that he had a flock of lambs back at the house, that Nazareth, that, that Peter had to go start keeping watch of his, of his little flock, right? That's not what Jesus is saying at all. It's the recognition of, of Jesus, be the shepherd for the church. Take care of the flock, take care of the people. Feed them. Again, a second time, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. A third time Jesus asks, and by this point it says Peter is distressed. He's frustrated with the Lord. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And you have to wonder if it clicked. And he goes, oh. (laughs) Three times. Lord, you know that I love you. In his weakness, he comes and he makes up for what he had lacked previously. And the Lord says, feed my sheep. He says, but Peter, when you were younger, you did what you wanted. You dressed yourself as you wanted. You went where you wanted. You did your own thing. And you see where that got you. Empty nets. 
He says, but in your old age, you will be called to go where you do not want to go. Someone else will lead you. You'll stretch out your hands and they will take you there. He said this to indicate the kind of death he would die. And we know that Peter, in his age, some 30 years later, was led as a prisoner to a cross. The place he did not want to go. Where he laid down his life exactly like Christ. After Jesus prophesies Peter's own death. He simply tells him, follow me. Follow me. He says, it's easy for you to go and do your own thing, to follow your own plans, but stop. Follow me. The words strike Peter to the heart. An important thing for us to recognize in this is that you and I are also Peter to other people. There may not be a a great number of people. We may not know who they are even. Our children, our spouse, our siblings, our friends, our workmates, whoever it may be. I guarantee you there is at least one person looking at every single one of you because we call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves Catholic. And as such, we are supposed to live up to a certain level, right? People expect things of us. And if we don't, they pull out the H word and call us hypocrites, right? People expect of us a measure of faith, just like they expected it of Peter. And sometimes the Lord calls us to something. And we, whether for fear, whether for confusion, whether for any number of other reasons, decide instead to go fishing. We decide to do our own thing. And when we decide to do our own thing, it's fascinating how easily people fall in behind us and go, I'll join you. I'll come with you. What the Lord is inviting us to do and to recognize is that just as Peter was able to lead the flock to go fishing as well as ultimately to be able to go to, to live lives of holiness. Peter's the first one when he goes to the resurrection in the tomb, right? They, they go out and they begin to start this new going out, a new aspect of faith, of being willing to follow after Christ and not his own will. When we seek to follow after Christ, when we seek to follow the Lord, rather than our own desires, our own fears, those same people that follow us when we go fishing will follow us to faith. And the nets will be full. It will be fruitful. How easy it is for us to simply suggest that we do something of goodness, of charity, of holiness, of faith, of prayer. And easily people fall in and say, yeah, let's go. I would like to direct that comment especially to the men in the congregation today. I guarantee you every husband who is here, every man in this church today, if you suggest to the ladies in your life, I would like to pray more. Let's pray a rosary once a week as a family. Let's make sure we get to Mass on Sunday. Let's do this thing that's happening at church. I can almost guarantee you the wife is going to say yeah because she's waiting for a husband to lead. She's waiting, longing for husbands, men in our parish to lead the way spiritually. Just like Peter. 
What a gift to be able to simply say, let's go. Let us pray. And how quickly others will follow. And this is the invitation for us. To come to the Lord first ourselves, just as Peter came to the Lord, and to be able to respond and to, to, to profess our faith, to profess our love for Christ Jesus. And then professing our love, to receive that same call, follow me. And then for us to go out and to seek each day of our lives in great ways and in small, to follow Christ and to know that people will follow us too. It may not be a great crowd. It may not be everybody all at the same time. But I guarantee that if we live our faith, it will encourage someone else to live theirs. Our Lord gives Peter three charges. He says, essentially, Peter, do you love me? Yes, show me. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. In the same way, the Lord invites us and he asks of us, do you love me? And if we profess love of the Lord, if we say yes, he says the same. Show me. Feed my lambs. Bring people to, our, to, to, to me. Bring people to the, the, the place where they are fed, where they are nourished. As we come to celebrate First Communion, it's a very clear connection that we have inviting us here. To come and to receive the Eucharist. To literally be fed. To lead people to come to our Lord at Mass. Is to feed the lambs. To give people the good news of the gospel. And to teach them the, good, the, the solid teachings of our faith. This is what it is to tend the lambs. To make sure that, that the lambs are cared for. That they're safe. That they're protected from the wiles of the enemy. The wolves that come to attack is to be able to say, these are the teachings that Christ has given us. They are the way. They are the, the, the path to eternal life. They are the source of peace in this world. And to know our faith and to share our faith with others. That they might be tended. That they might be kept safe. Kept holy. Especially our little ones. And lastly, the Lord bids us to feed the sheep. And this is ultimately to be willing to do as Peter did and to lay down our lives. Whenever we see someone do something of holiness, it inspires us. It fills us with gratitude, with hope, with, with praise. And, and something within us is nourished by seeing someone else do acts of holiness. That's the reason why you see video after video after video on Facebook of military dads coming home. <laughs> of people doing acts of kindness for somebody on the street. All of these things, people, people repost this because it edified them. It built them up. They saw someone else do something good, something beautiful, something holy, and they said, that's inspiring. And Christ does the same for us. Feed the sheep is a command for us to live a life that inspires other people, that makes them want to do the same. It makes them want to follow us. But ultimately, only so that we can, as they follow behind us, point them to him, to our Lord, the one who calls us first, the one who loves us despite anything we may do, and the one who is always faithful. And so let us ask through the intercession of St. Peter today, that man of great faith who, though he wavered, turned back, 
and strengthen his brothers. Let us pray that we may do the same.